welcome to episode number 98 of Just Ask Rethinking Development. I'm your host, Greg Jeffrey, with Catholic Development Group, and my co-host, Brian Wilburn, is off tonight. Uh, He's probably off uh, with his uh, daytime duties to someplace warm and exotic, so uh, you've got just me today. If this is your very first capital campaign, I wanted to make today's podcast um, a word of encouragement, and I wanted to explain to you why the very first capital campaign is so difficult. I'll use the example of Fargo-Moorhead, the Fargo-Moorhead metro area, Fargo, North Dakota, Moorhead, Minnesota. The metro area has 260,000 people. Now, um, so essentially, what we've got 260,000 prospects for the capital campaign, right? Not necessarily. You know, only two-thirds of Americans ever give to a charity. A third never, under any circumstance, give away anything at any time to anyone. So you take that 260, divide it by two-thirds, or you take it two-thirds of 260, now you're down to 172,000 prospects. Well, that sounds like a lot of people to reach out to, but you got to remember, there's over four, over 500 over 500 nonprofit organizations in the Fargo-Moorhead area. That is one nonprofit for every 343 citizens who are charitable to some degree. Think about that. One nonprofit for every 343 citizens. Now, but as far as uh, prospects for a capital campaign, we know that Tens of thousands of people don't build buildings. It typically boils down to a handful of major gift donors. So if you take those same statistics and you work through them, for example, if just 5% of those 172,000 people are wealthy enough to make a major gift, that would be a pool of 8,600 people. So in all of Fargo-Moorhead, there's 500-plus charities that want to be their friend, and there's about 8,600 people who have the capacity to make a major gift. But it's really the 1% that you need to befriend, and that means 3.5 potential prospects per charity. But guess what? All nonprofits, whether it's your first campaign or your 10th, we all face those same odds. That's just the pool of the demographic pool in which we all operate. So it's not just the number of charities asking that makes it more difficult for your first campaign. Something else is at play. Now, again, the first thing you need to know when it comes to capital campaigns is that they rely on major gifts. By major gifts, I'm talking about gifts of 25,000, 50,000, 100, 250,000 or more. And the bigger the number, as far as your goal, the higher the the benchmark of what I would consider a major gift. So like if you have a capital campaign with a a goal of $3 million, for example, I would consider a major gift, you know, $25,000 and above. But even at that level, you would need 40 people to make a gift of $25,000 and you'd have your first million, right? So the number of people who are truly capable of making those really, really big gifts, it's probably 1% of those 172,000 people. So that's about 100 and, you know, it's a very, very, very uh, small number. It's probably just under 2,000 people in the greater Fargo-Moorhead area who have the capacity to make like a six-figure gift and above. It's, It's a pretty limited number. So 
Um, the, again, the first thing you need to know is the campaigns rely on major gifts. And the second thing you need, second thing you need to know is that major gifts rely on relationships. So if this is your first campaign, you likely haven't been into the major gift game and you likely don't have the relationships that come with face-to-face -face solicitation. So here's um, a third thing that I think is helpful for you to know, and I call it the donor life cycle, okay? So think about your average person who, from the age of 30 to 40 to 50, advances in their career, and they become more and more successful. They maybe have a business, that business grows, it becomes more and more successful. And what typically happens is they become uh, more and more generous as more and more of those 500 charities knock on their door. But at some point in their charitable life, sometimes in their mid-40s, late 40s, roughly, what happens? They look at all the places that they write checks to on an annual basis, and they say, you know what? We need to pare this list down. We were given to too many places, and I don't feel we ha we're having an impact with any one of them. And that's it. That's a, that's so so moving into the next stage of what I call the, the, the donor life cycle, where they begin to pare down the number of charities that they give to. It's at this point in their late, maybe mid to late 40s, that the charities notice that these people have... Um, accumulated some wealth or some success in their businesses, it's at that point that they begin to be asked for, for major gifts, right? So what happens is they may go from 20 or 30 or 40 charities that they support and they pare it down to maybe hmm, 15 or 20, maybe closer to 15 charities that they determine are going to be within their circle of, uh, within the circle in which they that they give to, right? But of those, you know, 10 or 15 charities that, that have made it onto their short list, there's another short list that's even shorter, and that is the two or three or four, maybe on the outside, nonprofits who get their best gift, who get their major gift. And so here's my point. Once you've made it onto somebody's short list of short lists, once they make their first major gift to you, there is a tendency through that process, the process of solicitation, the process of getting to know them, the process of recognition, and all the other things we do um, to cherish that relationship, it gets really difficult uh, for them to then decide to take you off of their short of sh their shorter of short lists right to and instead to make their next major gift to somebody that's just brand new asking right or, or who's asking them for the first time and so what happens is if this is your very very first capital campaign recognize that everybody that you're asking for a major gift already has a short list most likely and of that short list, they already have an even shorter list of people that get their major gifts. And guess what? You're not on it. You haven't earned a spot on it. The other thing is, in order to earn a spot on it, chances are very high that they're going to have to ask one of their favorite charities to wait, 
right? They're going to have to ask one of their favorite charities. You've got to time it just right where there's, where there's room in their charitable budget for them to say, well, listen, you know, I typically give to these four, but they all seem to be doing well. None of them are having capital campaigns. And by the way, yeah, I think I can make room in my, in my budget of major gifts to make a commitment to you for the next three, four, or five years in the form of a $100,000 pledge. What we're trying to do is we're trying to find that needle in a haystack. We're trying to supersede a relationship that they already have with a handful of other charities and 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 direct some of that <laughs> that love toward us now, right? And that's a very difficult thing to do. So I offer that um, not as a discouragement, but as a word of encouragement to know that when you're going out for your very, very first capital campaign, it's going to be more difficult than your second capital campaign. Why? Because the second capital campaign, you've already earned a spot on their shorter of short lists. You've earned your spot as one of the three, four, five uh, charities that get their best gifts, they get their major gifts. And now the game is yours. The game is the game is yours to lose, right? I mean, if, once you earn your spot on that list, if you uh, cherish that relationship and 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 um, and stay in touch with people and recognize and honor them, and do what you say you were going to do with their money, you know, build the thing that you promised to build, so on and so forth. Then chances are good that when it comes time for your second capital campaign, they'll be there to back you. And the, the, and the good news here is when they do back you the second time, the gift will probably be even larger. In fact, when you take a look at these really monster gifts of, say, a million dollars or more, it's extremely rare to see those kind of gifts come quickly, and it's even rarer to see those gifts come as a first major gift or a first gift uh, to the charity. It's typically the result of a long, long-standing relationship built up over years, if not decades. <clears throat> so that's why the first capital campaign is so difficult. If you find yourself in that situation, just recognize that it's not helpful to compare yourself to other nonprofits who seem to be having a, a real breezy time raising money. Your first capital campaign is going to take some real work for the reasons that I explained. Hey, looking forward to see you next week. Please come back. Uh, Brian will be with us next week. Take care.